Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of A Trophy Life, the official podcast of the Naismith Awards here in Atlanta. I'm your host, Bob Rathbun. And coming up, our final weekend without college basketball to watch until the Final Fours in Dallas and Houston next April. A glorious time, wouldn't you agree? Monday night, November 7th, across the country, openers for the men and the women. And our guest this week is Debbie Antonelli. She'll be diving into the top teams and players because this week, our Jersey Mike's 2023 Naismith Player of the Year Award watch list for the women is out. And she'll be talking about that in just a moment. We'll drop the men's top 50 next week, and we'll discuss more of that on next week's podcast. But you got to hand it to the ladies. They jump right in. Monday night, We've got ranked against ranked. Number 21, Creighton, plays at number 23, South Dakota State. Tuesday night, number 5, Tennessee, at number 14, Ohio State. Now, for the men, all the top 25 teams will be in action on Monday, but all against non-conference foes. We'll be keeping an eye on John Shire, of course, as he takes over as the Duke University head coach, replacing Mike Krzyzewski, their opener against Jacksonville at Cameron Indoor Stadium. And in Athens, Georgia, It'll be the era of Mike White opening as the Bulldogs play host to Western Carolina. Mike taking over the program from the University of Florida and was a guest on our podcast a few weeks back if you want to go back and check that out. All things women's basketball, players, teams, next with Debbie Antonelli after this from Jersey Mike's. If Jersey Mike's turkey had a resume, it would say it's 99% fat-free and raised without antibiotics. But our turkey already has its dream job at Jersey Mike's because premium meat makes a sub above. It's that time of year, our annual visit with Debbie Antonelli as we talk women's basketball. Deb, the new season is here. I know you're ready to go. You're like a kid at Christmas Eve, you know, first day of school. I mean, all rolled into one. I can't wait, man. You know I'm excited and I'm always glad to speak to you. You're my friend for a long time and and I know how much... You care about the women's side as well. Well, we do here at the Naismith Awards, and I do personally. Thank you for that. And, you know, just want to touch base with you. We'll go over the players in just a second. But just as an overall view, you know, we came in to this season off such a great finish last year. And despite a couple of key injuries here and there across the country, uh, the women's game is in such a great place, particularly something that's near and dear to you, the offensive end of the floor. (laughs) <laughs> You're talking my language now, man. Look, I, I say that the product is the narrative. I've been saying that for a while. And, and this year, there's more balance. There's more teams that can win. Every year, I feel like there's one or two that we add to the list, which means the player uh, players across the board are spread out more across our, our game. And uh, that that's a good thing. Uh, the resources and the effort and certainly the enthusiasm are, are equally as high as they've ever been. But the teams are better, and that is exciting for the fans. So tell us, who is there to challenge the South Carolina Gamecocks? Well, let me put it into a simple formula for you. Um, I call it the four factors this year. If you got, you got to have these four factors. You got to be able to guard one on one in the post, so you keep um, your team out of defensive rotation, and you protect the offensive boards, especially on the weak side when you're playing against South Carolina. You got to have the physicality and the toughness to be able to compete. Uh, They're going to make you grind on the offensive end. So you better be able to have all the concepts in place that allow you to have 
which is the third factor, multiple scorers, because they're going to take you deep into their your second and third option offensively, and then experienced guard play. I think those are the things that you have to have if you're going to tackle South Carolina. I feel like those are the things I used to say about Pat Summit's teams as well, Bob, so that tells you kind of what Dawn Staley has done and what she's built. But I think uh, the teams that will contend that have those four factors are Stanford, Texas, Tennessee, Iowa, UConn, and Louisville. Not necessarily in that particular order, but those are the teams that I think have the four factors. Interesting to put have you put UConn at the top. Not that they don't deserve it, of course, but they've suffered two major injuries. Um, tell us how that's going to affect UConn and, and you know how that f- shapes the race, if you will. Well, I've learned over time that you can't talk about the women's game and not at least mention them. Now, you might not be mentioning them at the top of the list right now, and that's okay, but nobody's done what Gino has done, and so, rightfully so. It would be remiss of me not to include them because of their style of play and because the precedents and expectations that they have. Uh, they were running the Princeton offense and doing things on the offensive end before a lot of teams were doing so, and therefore... I always count them in because they always have four or five scores on the floor, which is really hard to defend. And they do make a commitment on the defensive end. So uh, I know Paige Beckers is out and they've had some injury, but they may have a few more question marks in November than they usually have. But we will pretty much know in December by the time they get ready for conference play through their conference schedule where they stand because they're going to play all the top teams. We must salute you as always because of the yeoman's work that you do for Naismith, uh, handling so much uh, of our uh, top 50 uh, countdowns each and every year. And of course, the voting as the season goes on, you're so great to come on the podcast with us. And, you know, nobody loves the women's game more than you do. Uh, the top 50 Naismith watch list is out. It's a little unique, Debbie, I think this year that we welcome back our Jersey Mike's reigning women's national player of the year, Leah Boston from South Carolina, but it's not like it's an open and shut case for her to repeat as the champion, but we must begin with her, uh, such a splendid player, rewriting record books at South Carolina and the SEC left and right. What a player. You know, we're so lucky in the game to have her back uh, because she's such a great personality as well and cares about the game. I mean, not just her own individual or her team. She has a general awareness of the entire landscape, which is really important when you're going to be one of the faces of women's college basketball. So it's great for us as fans to have somebody with that kind of talent returning. But you're right. There is no slam dunk case, even though South Carolina is a unanimous number one pick to start the preseason. And obviously, Aaliyah Boston will be on the top of of every award, including, most importantly, Naismith. But there's a few other names that I think you have to watch for. Caitlin Clark is certainly one of them. Unfortunately, we've mentioned Paige Becker's injury. We'll take her off that list for this year, but she'll be back next year. Uh, I think there's um, uh, uh, several players. Ashley Jones at Iowa State's a returning All-American. Haley Jones from Stanford is a returning All-American. Cameron Brink at Stanford is one of the better stretch fours and shot blockers with a combination of D and three, if you will. And Haley Van Lith at Louisville will be a player that you'll have to keep your eye on that, that has multiple guard level skills. All three levels can score and had a fantastic NCAA tournament last year. So when you start talking about returning all Americans, that's a pretty good list to start with. Debbie, let me ask you about Caitlin Clark, because she got a, a 
good bit of national publicity with what she did last year at Iowa. What makes her tick? Bob, you know this from your work with the Hawks. Trey all day, baby. I mean, she is <laughs> as close to Trey or Steph as you can possibly get. She is a player that last year, and two years in a row, actually led the nation in scoring. But last year, she led the nation in scoring and assists. Nobody has ever done that. You think about the great players over the history of our game that have competed at such a high level, and, and she's been able to put her stamp on that. That's just absolutely incredible. Must-see TV, incredible guard-like skills. you got to worry about two logos because she can score at both, the logo in the paint and the one at midcourt. That's where her range is. So she's an exciting player at Iowa. Iowa returns all five starters from last year. They were the best offensive team by many offensive metrics. And she's at the top of the list there. And she's definitely another player that because of her social media, uh, like Boston and like Haley Van Lith, just to name a few, uh, you could you keep going on the NIL prospects on the women's side. But they have generated a lot of interest in our game. And uh, they carry it very well. For Caitlin Clark to win the Jersey Mike's Naismith, how much of her team's success uh, will help her candidacy? Because, you know, as, as much as Iowa lights up the scoreboard, NCAA tournament success has eluded them. Yes, that's true. They've been knocked out early the last two years, and um, I do I do know they expect to make a deeper run, but her impact on her own campus is doubling up the amount of season tickets that are sold and the number of TVIs. Her, her alone, I think, is partly responsible for the Big Ten Network having increased ratings, not just during the regular season, but in, the, in their uh, Big Ten Conference tournament. Uh, so I think that because... Her team's success will have some measure of it, but I also think that everyone knows about her and people are writing about her. And when you get put in the same category as a Steph Curry, you get a comparison, you know, like that, that's that's very uh, impressive. And that immediately makes you say, well, I got to check this out. She led the nation in scoring two years in a row. Who is this kid from Iowa? Right. And I think it's really exciting for our game that we have uh, this great debate. We had the great debate last year. Between, um, you know, Paige Becker's had some injuries, so I think it kind of um, diminished her opportunity to win last year. But this year with Caitlin Clark and Aaliyah Boston, uh, just to start the list right there, I mean, that's tough. Those are two really important pieces to the success of women's basketball this year, and uh, I'm excited about watching them. Debbie, is there one conference that we should keep our eye on that uh, might be flying under the radar. Obviously, we watch uh, the SEC and the Big East and Big Ten, Pac-12, et cetera. But is there another conference out there where we should say, hey, this this league is on the rise? Well, I think the Big East has some more better teams with Creighton having success last year. Villanova has the preseason player of the year, and Maddie Segrist, who will also be a member of this top 50 list. Uh, and I think they're, you know, UConn's in the Big East. Obviously, they're they're a challenging team to deal with and trying to, to win the conference tournament. But I think their league is a little bit better. But I would be remiss to tell you, Bob, since we live in the footprint of the SEC and the ACC, that I believe the ACC this year has five teams, maybe five and a half if things go their way, that could actually compete to win the ACC regular season championship. It is going to be daunting 
They are five really good teams. They all could be five teams that make it to the Sweet 16. Uh, and, and it could be really impressive to see what happens with the league this year because I think it's the most balanced, the most contenders, and the most talent that the league has ever had. And one team that is certainly on the rise that rarely gets mentioned uh, as a national contender is Virginia Tech, and they've got a great player too in Elizabeth Kitley. Yeah, she'll be another headliner, right? I mean, she's a preseason All-American candidate at 6'6". I've already been to their practice, Bob. I've watched her add to her game. She's playing and scoring through double teams. She's added a hook shot. She has impressive footwork. She's 6'6". She can pick and pop. They can run her off screening action. Uh, They can put her in a package on the top of the floor where she can initiate offense. Uh, I think she's a tough competitor. She looks stronger than last year. She plays the game on balance. And Virginia Tech is going to have the most talent they've ever had. That's one of those five teams that I'm talking about in the ACC with Louisville, NC State, North Carolina, and Notre Dame that I believe alongside Virginia Tech uh, will really compete for the ACC uh, championship this year. And uh, certainly Elizabeth Kitley is a player that you need to set your dial for. One of the reasons I think that people are so high on Virginia Tech, like so many clubs, You've got a couple of things going on. Number one, you've got, obviously, the fifth-year seniors. This is the last year for the COVID kids. But also, the transfer portal is making a major impact on some of the top teams. And Virginia Tech is welcoming in some really good talent from B.C. and Maryland. Ashley Owusu, a transfer from Maryland, who I would call top three in the country in ball screen offense. She's that good. She's that skilled. Uh, Three-level scorer. Uh, sees the floor, passes the ball, um, as a big guard who can get in the paint. Um, she's a, a player that has given them a, an extra boost. Um, they've got a really good core coming back, but they also added a, a four player from Boston College named Taylor Soul, who's also a very talented player who's who's got elite leather, excuse me, elite level athleticism. And it will be interesting to see how. Uh, Virginia Tech handles um, playing with Taylor Soul's athleticism in the fourth spot. I think Kenny Brooks, the head coach, uh, is such a, a good uh, tactician offensively that I, I think he'll have more options. As a matter of fact, so many options that it'll probably keep him up at night trying to figure out how he's going to make sure everybody gets to take advantage of the full skill set on the floor. That's how much talent they'll have. What's your crystal ball say about the Pac-12 beyond Stanford? Well, I think Arizona is the team I'm keeping an eye on because they also took advantage of the transfer portal, uh, and and they're really good. Jade Lavelle is a transfer from Arizona State, and she's a big-time scorer. Uh, I'm also keeping my eye on UCLA. I think they've been bit by the uh, COVID and the injury bug over the last couple of years. I expect them to be back. And then Oregon's another team that I'm keeping an eye on. Those are uh, teams out of the Pac-12. But don't sleep on Utah. Uh, that's a team that I'm going to get to see early in person in the Bahamas, and I'm anxious to see what Lynn Roberts has put on the floor this year. Bahamas? When are you going yeah. down? I'm going to the Bahamas in a um, couple of weeks. We're doing Thanksgiving. I have an event down there at Baja Mar, and there'll be a lot of top teams playing in that event, so it'll be exciting. Nice. You get the good trips now. This is awesome. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that uh, The endless summer of Debbie Antonelli. That's what I like. Well, Deb, this is great. Thank you so much. Uh, we can't wait. When is your first game on TV? Listen, 365-24-7, my friend. There you That's go. The 
You and me both. Monday against Louisville, I mean, at Louisville, uh, I'll get to see uh, what I call the preseason pick in the ACC, the Louisville Cardinals. Jeff Walls has been to four straight Elite Eights, and he's got all the pieces again this year, so I'll be excited to see what they have. Well, we'll be watching you all November, December, January, February, March, a little bit of April. We cannot wait. Debbie, thanks so much, and thanks for all you do for Naismith. It's just tremendous what you do for us. Well, I love the Naismith brand. I love being your teammate on that board, and I'm grateful for the efforts of the entire board to be able to put women's basketball front and center. Appreciate you. Look forward to seeing you. All right. Thanks, Bobby. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks so much for subscribing. Leave us a rating and a review. Helps us get the word out to college basketball fans everywhere. We are available on all the podcast platforms. Until next week when we actually have some games to talk about, some results will be in, and we'll also be revealing our men's top 50 watch list. Until then, Bob Rathbun from all of us at the Naismith Awards saying so long.